just a rabbi Sold I to the merchant ships Minutes after they took I From the bottomless pit But my hand was made strong By the end of the Almighty We forward in this generation Triumphantly Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Emancipate yourselves from mental All right, we're live. Blind Pit Confessions. Yes, in a different spot tonight. This we nice. are. Yeah. We are in the depth of a brewery right now. I like when we do this, when we sit actually inside the brewery part of a brewery to record. Well, as, as craft beer drinkers, you can't get any better than sitting right here. Absolutely. Surrounded by delicious ingredients and brewing equipment and kegs. And we got some good company tonight, too, on the show. Yes, we're at Redemption Ale Works tonight. And we are glad to have Cameron and Dan with us. Glad to be here, Brendan. Thank you very much for allowing us to be on your program and showing up tonight. <laughs> yeah, that, we had some difficulty getting in here, didn't we? <laughs> that's half the battle. But that's what happens with crab breeze. You guys got to, when you got to go, you got to go, and you got to start working, and it happens. Yeah, we respect your work a lot, so we, we, we definitely work around your schedule. Plus, we appreciate you know getting to come in here and sample some really delicious beer, too. So, so tell us a little bit about, uh, about Redemption. So Redemption is a project that was kind of born, um, you know, a couple years ago. Started Union Brewing Company in Carmel, all Cascale House. Really, you know, really unique idea, but w- with a little bit of limitations. Um, so this was, I thought about for a while, um, being able to to do food, drinks, as well as beer, kind of the you know the, the trifecta, so to speak. Um, everybody asks me if there's you know, deep religious meaning by re- behind redemption. There really isn't. It just sounded cool, you know. <laughs> and then the fact is a chance to take what we know, and, you know, Dan's been brewing for a long time, and take what we know and put it all in one place. When Cameron approached me to brew here, I was working at Cavalier Distributing, yeah. and I was waiting to get back into the production side of beer brewing. Um, I started brewing beer in 1994 in Baltimore. So I'm, Good I'm, place to start. I'm feeling like a grizzled vet in the industry <laughs> at this point, like the old gray-haired uh, dog in the corner. But um, he said, man, I got a project going on, and I want to bring you in. And I met Cameron through Cavalier because he had guest taps at Union, and we met that way, and it was uh, it just worked out. Just worked out. Timing everything, you know, Brendan, you're a Michigan guy, right? Absolutely. So, you know, the uh, Indiana's come. It, it, we've got a phenomenal beer scene now. It's come, yes. it's come a really, really long way. But for yeah. for some of us, um, the what we had and what or what we've seen throughout other places in the country. I grew up with brew pubs, um, a little bit different than when I had the starting to think and, and, and talk to who would become the business partners and investors here. Um, you know, we went on a on a long tour of like 16 different Michigan brew pubs because the the feel there was a little bit different than the Indiana brewery right. scene at that time. Right. Um, you know, most of the even the big ones, you know, 
the Shorts Brewing Company, who are friends of ours, and, and Bells and, and some of the other ones, they've, they all started in a, with a small concept in mind, and they grew from there. The Indiana brewery, brewing scene started just a little bit differently, where you started with the you know the Sun Kings of the world, right. and the Three Floyds, yeah. where where they've started with larger production. And I'm not saying that that's that's the bad way to go. It just left me wanting something else, mm-hmm. uh, and that's really where the idea behind Redemption kind of came up. Is I knew what I where I wanted to go and the place that I wanted to be, and I felt that there was a need for that here, in and on the north side of Indianapolis. Um, since then, we've got you know. Lots of other, you know, some other ones have popped up, but right. um, which is great. But at that at that exact moment, you know, we were uh, looking for a little bit something different, looking for that place that you can go and you can watch some live music and you can have good food. You know, it's uh, I'm not saying we're going to win a James Beard Award, but we've got good food and um, very good food. Yeah, you know, wine and and uh, yep. and we think the beer's good too. Well, I, I certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the things that brought me. I, I came into Redemption the first time before I met you and. Uh, this it did remind me more of the Michigan brew pubs because I have one of the things I always said about Indiana because I've always loved Michigan beer and I said well the beer seems to be a little bit heavier up there than it does here. There's a lot of more lighter styles in Indiana and obviously hop is huge in Indiana. Um, but now you're starting to see more of this. But I came in here and the, the depth of the flavors that were here that I was really impressed with and I was like wow. Thank you. And then I found out well it's Michigan boy. Well no shit, no, no wonder it's so good. <laughs> but no you're right. But the the scene now is exploding in Indianapolis and in Indiana so. No, there's some great brew pubs. I mean, I, I love Taxman. I've seen you guys head on, it, which is, I think, in another amazing place. And it's cool to see breweries that work together with other people. Yeah, you, we've did got you a great do, do something with Shorts as well? Yeah, we actually did. Um, for one of the, f- the first times they've they've really ever gone outside of that, but it was for a great cause. And um, last, not this past Monday, but the Monday before that, we got together um, for uh, a charity called Project Hudson. It's a nonprofit organization. Uh, dedicated to raising uh, awareness for teen suicide and uh, we shorts was in town they were doing a launch party anyways here um, and I had called a friend of mine who's been the, the pub brewer head pub brewer for shorts for about eight years now his name is Ryan Hale and said hey if you're coming anyways let's do something you know we we've talked about doing doing something together for a long time Let, let's actually do it for the longest time they you know shorts really wasn't keen on using the words collaboration and those sort of things um they've been asked by some some really really you know respectable awesome breweries to do it before and they've declined but this is a good cause and they're outside in michigan now amen even we, even just going outside michigan was funny because i remember before they did they they had a big write-up and we we shared it on our page and they're telling people in michigan you know we know how you know some people feel like don't leave us don't don't get that they're afraid of them getting too big, you know. Yeah, well, they had a trademark, you know, a, a, a trademark on their can. Michigan only, Michigan forever. Right, right. Um, so it was a really big deal. We were just really happy to uh, to be able to partner with somebody like that and and do. You know, they've they've been known for some off centered stuff. You, know, you talked about a little bit about us and our, our depth of flavors, but for Dan and I, that was really a chance for us to get outside of our. I want to say comfort zone. That's probably the wrong word, but for us to get so, outside the box, so to speak. And um, how about just. Have fun with other brewers. Yeah, exactly. Have fun. Have fun with other brewers. Spend a day drinking some really, really good stuff. I don't know if this is PG or not, but oh no, uh, it's it's okay. it's whatever you want it. Yeah, so we, so we got to drink some really good shit. They brought down some some of their new you know some ciders and, and we brought out some good bottles and uh, just to just to talk and hang out and um, you know with with people who have been doing this at a really high level for a long time. All it for was, a really good it cause. was like a brewer's holiday. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, I don't know exactly how much work got done that day, but we made beer, so that, that's the important thing. So we got a beer. We got a, a Belgian triple with Asian infusion sitting in that tank right, right oh, behind man. you over there. 
Um, yeah. So we're talking Thai basil, lemongrass, oh, uh, a little bit of ginger, some Vietnamese rock sugar instead of the Belgian candy sugar in there. And the beauty is, is when it's done, we're going to launch it. We're going to do a big party for the, the nonprofit with Project Hudson and hoping to get those guys back down here for that. But nonetheless, we're, we'll give a, a portion of the proceeds to the charity. And it, it was really cool. For me, it was, you know, a chance to, to brew with it with i wouldn't want to say my like an idol or something along those lines but somebody that i've respected for a really right. really long time and that was i was kind of on, on cloud nine that day it was, <laughs> it was one of the better more satisfying days of my professional career that's one thing i know jordan you can contest this is in indianapolis and in indiana you see more collaborations and more brewers yes. willing to work together and want to work together where i don't see outside of this community as much a brewer is just getting together and doing things together and, and caring about what everybody else is doing and not, you know, they don't, you know don't, go, don't go over there, don't go over there. This really is a cool community, craft beer community, I think, in Indianapolis. Yeah. I think the craft beer community in general is very, they work together very well. They don't hide secrets. They sh- we, we share things. And it was talked about at the, the Indiana Brewers Guild uh meeting a a couple of weeks ago one of the keynote speakers brought up that craft brewing in general nationwide is we share things we help each other and it's it's fantastic to be able to call up a guy and say hey i need a bag of malt or hey man how do you nitro your beer do you do it in this tank or do you everyone everyone shares information oh yeah and it's uh it feels like everyone's a buddy. Yeah. Except with Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we uh, we notice this a lot because we do go to a lot of breweries and a lot of bars that are craft beer bars and stuff. So we, uh, we've noticed that there is that camaraderie between the craft beer scene. And now that we've kind of become part of the craft beer scene here in Indianapolis, it's been great. because Well done, by the way. Thank you. We're, uh, we're, we're welcomed in everywhere we go. Uh, people love to talk to us. They love to get the word out there about their craft beer. Uh, we get more and more listeners. Every time we go to a brewery, they start listening, then they learn about other breweries. And that's kind of what we're here to do is to, to help bring those breweries together too, educate everybody about craft beer in general um, and who's got, you know, what kind of beers out there and where to go. And if you're on the north side, where to go, south side. We, we just want everybody to know what's out there, what's good, and, and what everybody's doing. And it's a great community to be a part of. I mean, the craft beer community here in Indianapolis is phenomenal. They're some of the best people I've ever had the pleasure of working with. Yeah, and, and you know we appreciate you guys as well. This isn't uh, meant. I, I hope this doesn't come across the wrong way, but you guys are our, our TV ad. You're our commercial ad. You're mm-hmm. our. That's what, yes, we, that's you, what we're here you, for. You have an engaged audience. We we share a common passion, and that's kind of the way we look at it. And I think that 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 might be where some of that camaraderie comes in because we're all trying to achieve something bigger than Redemption Hill works. Most of us have a, it's not, this isn't a warehouse job for me. It's not a warehouse job for Dan. Right. This is something that we're, we're, we're passionate about. We're not shift. We're, we're artisans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're a cottage industry in creating things that people, they get off work and come and have a pint of beer. And it is so cool for Cameron and I to sit over here and like develop a recipe and we laugh about the names and what we're doing and we're like okay we're going to do this and then people sit over there on that side and drink it in front of us and say and oh this what, is fantastic yeah. Yeah. yeah it's very rewarding yeah Absolutely. it's almost kind of like I mean we work in musicians as well in the entertainment business and it's kind of the same thing where you're putting together you're putting something together whether it's a song or a beer but there's something about that and you guys kind of are like rock stars I think in that community of 
and, and you know it is kind of like musicianship and guys working together and yeah and just like i said you my six-year-old calls me a local celebrity i, I agree <laughs> yep absolutely I agree. <laughs> you know and uh, the number one question we get asked well not number well probably is number one do you guys brew your own beer and right now we don't um but starting next week we're gonna give it a shot so awesome. it'll be interesting to see what happens we finally so, brought our own bought our whole big home brew yeah massive amount of stuff to right get started, on. so it should be interesting to see what we can what come up gonna, with. What are you going to do first? Well, what are we going to do? Prime, stout, right? There's yeah, just, there's, a, just a coffee it's a box, stout. It's a boxed stout is the yeah. first okay. thing we're doing to get I, the system I like the way the tables it. have turned, and now we're interviewing you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I actually put together a recipe for the first all-grain brew we're going to do after we get this first one under our belt. So I did a lot of research and put together this recipe. I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know if it's going to be bad, but we're going to brew the first one and oh, find it's out. It'll be bad. It'll be beer. It'll, It'll be, be beer. You know that's I mean? exactly like that, that's, right. That's the thing. At the end of the day, you're going to have beer. You're going to have, and you're going to have something that you made, right? Right. Um, I've, I've got uh, shelves hanging on my wall that weren't done by a carpenter, but they're still hanging there because I made them. You know. Yeah. Uh, yep. Exactly. Um, and it'll be a five-gallon small batch, but oh, yeah. we'll see how we do, and you know. Yeah. One of the things on about there. beer is how much that, you know. We had some guys with buddies ours that do a show with us. Uh, the Dos Ringos come on and do Outlaw Country show with us, and and uh, they're fun to have on. But it's funny because they like. We just want beer. We just want to, yeah. you know, right. they you know they just want one style of beer, and that's why they just want beer. They don't care for all the other flavors. And, but it's funny now that they've been on, we've gotten them to try some stuff. They're like, all right, that's all right. And that one's all right, too. It's like, no, there's more to it. There's so much you can do. It's limitless, really, yes. with the flavors and, and stuff you can do with beer, even more than whiskeys and bourbon. There's, there's more you can do with beer. And, I don't, and we, we haven't even tapped into it yet. It was I, mean, just, the, yeah, I like your pun there. <laughs> I, was was that intentional? No, no it was no, not. No, he just, it just rolled off. He's a natural. <laughs> so, and Brendan's right. When we go into a lot of these bars, we see people drinking, you know, your domestics and stuff. Say, hey, have you ever tried this or tried this? Or try- no, I haven't tried that, you know. Get them a sample. Oh, that's really good. And we're trying to change the world here one person at a time when we see that domestic-type beer getting drank where it shouldn't be. But now let's yeah. talk about this first beer real quick okay, because... Yeah, yeah. I'm typically not, uh, I, I go for porters, stouts, I like darker, heavier beers, unless it's just a good beer that's got a lot of flavor and balance, and this is the the blonde, you said? The it smash? is not, actually, that is the, the Smash Blonde's number 11, you're drinking our cream ale. The cream ale, uh, It's okay. our forefather's cream ale, we'll talk a little bit about it. Um, <clears throat> ironically, uh, it is one of the beers that has our lowest rating on Untapped, and I'm not saying it's a bad beer, but it's probably one of the beers that Dan and I are, are most proud of as far as the development of the recipe. Uh, it's the beer that takes us the most time to brew, and it's not even close. Um, it, 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 it has to age for a long time. We, we, we lager it. Um, we use a lager and an ale strain yeast on it. It's very, very traditional. One of the things that where Dan and I really you know, mesh well together is we're both appreciative of classic beer styles mm-hmm. and doing beers the right way. For instance, even with that triple that we did, uh, we made sure we were making a good triple first, right? And, and then we'll start messing with it. The, the base beer. The base beer, yeah. Is researched and done properly and then we branch out right. into the right. the subtle spices and things. Yeah, so so what you guys are drinking there is a, a almost like a pre-prohibition style or an old or an older style traditional style cream ale. You know, is when they first started doing it refrigeration wasn't wasn't all over the place, so you had ale yeast but it a lot of times hung out at lager temperatures and or lager some people will do you know lager yeast at ale temperatures and, and vice versa but we use a hybrid yeast strain in there so we get a little bit of lager characteristics and the ale characteristics you a little bit unique in there is the the use of flaked maize which is a very often used um british beers a, a lot of times but you know adjuncts are used in some of the, the lighter beers but it, i think that there's a um, 
there's something to be said for being able to do a, a, a lighter style like that and do it well. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I take that as a huge compliment, uh, Brendan, when you say, I'm, I drink stouts and porters, but I, you know, this is something I can drink. I can, I can get into this because that means we've, we've done well. Ironically, I would say, I would say when you guys are going places, if you're trying a new beer, uh, you're going to a new brewery, the first thing you should do, order the lightest beer they have. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Not because you're going to ruin your palate if you do something else, but it's going to tell you whether they're worth their shit or not, mm-hmm. to be honest Absolutely. with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they're, they're, the, one of, they're the hardest the beers hardest to make beer or the yeah. lightest beers. Because yeah. uh, yeah. they show anything. every flaw. Yeah, you, you can't cover anything up with that. You're, it's, it's, you're going on that beer. You can't so. pound uh, it with well, malt and hops. Right. So, so as right. we get through this flight paddle here, you're gonna there's going to be some stuff that you know, you're know you really going to enjoy that's going to have a lot more flavor, you know, aggressive flavors on what you just did but i'll tell you these first two that we drink right here this and our smash blonde um are probably the two beers on the board that as a brewer i'm most proud of because i we can't hide anything in them we we have to nail them we have to get them right every time and something else i was going to say for our listeners too is not very many craft breweries do lagers and there's a reason for that because a lager is a very tough beer to brew because of the yeast has to be kept at a much lower temperature than your ale yeast and that kind of stuff so fermenting is is a lot more difficult correct when you're when you're trying to do the lager strains and that kind of thing it is and it's it's more time consuming to be honest with you one of the reasons why um you know i I would be remiss if i I didn't give our friends at triton brewing company a little bit of credit here this beer is when we do our cream ale we actually do it over there and one of the reasons for it is um now i I, want to preface this with it's our beer and it's our recipe and it's 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 our you know everything else that we do is here it's our yeast it's our yeast it's 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 everything is is our we do it over there for a couple different reasons. One of them is the beer, it, it's time-consuming, and it takes a long time to get right. That lagering process takes mm-hmm. a, a lot longer. As you see over here, we've got two seven-barrel tanks. I can't tie one of them up for eight weeks. Exactly. I, I yeah. love beer, but this is a for-profit. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not shy about that. So we can't mm-hmm. tie one of those tanks up. So, so it is. You, you have to do it at lower temperatures. Uh, as homebrewers, um, loggers are a whole lot less common um, because you guys, a lot of times you can't keep that those lower temperatures. Yeah. Um, and then for for craft breweries, it's it's the same thing. They either can't you know they they, they don't have the time or they can't can't keep those temperatures that way right. um and it is a little bit more a little bit more finicky you have to have patience if you were to take this this cream ale off the tank you know a couple weeks before it's ready it smells like sulfur so, like yeah, straight this, sulfur that yeast kicks off a lot of sulfur when right. it ferments and it's it smells like a lit match oh yeah and, and, and like, you man, just I'm gotta let this? it you just have to <laughs> let it burn off yep. you just have to let it fix it quote unquote and for radio people, I'm doing quotes in the air. You have to you have to let it burn off before you move it. That's the other the other you know for your listener for your listeners um, you know or or any of the other um, somebody trying wanting to get into the the professional business open a, a brew pub or something along those lines. So so often I think patience is lacking. And it's it's it, to be expected. You get really really excited, right? You just made oh, something yeah, and you yeah. want it and you want it now. And uh, I think that that's something where um, I, I assume part of this show is that I get to toot my own horn a little bit. Something that Dan and I have since the day we started brewing beer here, we refuse to compromise on our timing. If it's not ready, it's just not, not ready. ready. Right. You know, it's uh, unfortunately, you know, we we may get down to five or six beers up on the board, <clears throat> where you know some people might take you know that IPA that Dan just dry hopped and. Say, well, it's done fermenting. Let's just put it in a keg and serve it. It'll never happen here. Um, 
you have to have patience. Cameron and I have learned that if you sit in chairs and stare at the tank, they mature faster. <laughs> that's a fact, huh? <laughs> and that's, uh, that's one fear for us when I told you guys we were homebrewing because I know we have to, you know, ferment and leave. Leave it alone until it's done fermenting, and yeah. I know I'm going to be out there every day wanting to touch it, and I can't. I know. I, I, I have to slap my own hand. I guarantee you're going to drink this. You're, I guarantee yeah. you're going to drink a, a bottle or a keg. I don't know what you're going to end up doing, but I guarantee you're going to drink it before it's ready. 100%. <laughs> you say in the first batch or just every time? First couple? The, the first few. The first few, you definitely will. When you won't is when it, it's going to become an addiction. Let's just, let, I'm going to lay it out there right now. We, we know that already, okay. yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's going to become an addiction. And so your, your brew set that you bought right now is going to expand and expand and expand. And the next thing you know, you won't be drinking them right away. You'll be aging them properly because you're going to have so much, a shit ton of beer. <laughs> um, because you're just going to keep brewing and brewing and brewing. And, uh, and so at some point in time, you'll have to let them hang out for a while because you've got a closet full of beer that you're trying to give away. And well, Plus doing this show, we always end up with beer. Right. <laughs> Lots of crab beer at the house anyway. So we got a couple of fridge fulls of them, so it's nice. But we don't have a problem with extra beer in the fridge, so no, never been, not yeah. at all. So, so you want to talk number two here? Are you guys on to that one yet? I already drank yeah. mine. I I haven't drank all day, so uh, <laughs> I just he's just sipping his. Do you guys want to talk about your food a little bit real quick while Brendan's trying that? Yeah, absolutely. The uh, have you eaten here? Did you? Eat? I, I, I actually I have not. Unfortunately. Okay, a few times. Yeah. Well, let me make sure. Let me, let's Delicious. make sure we get you something to eat before we leave today. But so our our take on our food is. Um, I know the term upscale bar food gets thrown thrown around a lot, right? But when you when you think bar food, you think wings, burgers, nachos, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have all of those things, but we have them all with uh, with is our take on all of them. For instance, we'll talk a little bit about our wings. Uh, it, it's one of the things that we're relatively I don't want to say famous for, but but something that uh, is, is definitely growing in popularity around here. Again, it kind of comes down to patience. That they're not the easiest thing to do for us. They take a, a lot of time. But we do. Uh, we call them triple threat wings. We do that. We call them that because we uh, we start off by slow smoking them in a combination of cherry and hickory wood. Um, We've got a couple of smokers on the back side of the building. We're not talking. Oh, this nice. is like. Real, yeah. real smokers. Yeah, not not liquid smoke, not done in the oven. No. We we smoke the, every every yeah. wing that you eat here. They billow, stuff. they billow. It's pretty awesome if you get a little. I'm bit a, of a I'm a wing eater, so I'm very enthralled right, right well, now. Um, oh man, no, no, I am. Waitress, waitress. <laughs> um, they don't pay attention to us. They don't. No. <laughs> they, they they stop paying attention to me. Like I think before we open our doors. So it, it actually is kind of nice on days when we're smoking. Well, we smoke every day, but the back doors open and the front doors open at the same time. It kind of wafts all the way through, but. Uh, so we smoke the wings first, um, and then to order, they get flash fried, tossed in the sauce, and finished on the grill. We have our um, you know, house sauce that we make from scratch here that little sweet, little smoky, spicy at the same time. It's got like 14 different ingredients in it. Um, so you, you get your wings like you would get at any other bar, but we're going to do them uh, our, with our own twist. Um, I think that... Uh, do you have a hot sauce? We do, ha- we do have hot sauce. It's one of our, I'm not going to lie, Jordan, it's one of our, our less creative sauces in the fact that it's just hot sauce. Oh. Um, but, uh, I'm a hot food guy. I'm a hot Hold wing, on. Hold on. Wing, I'd like to wing. clarify. We do a house sauce for them, but we also do like a yeah, kind of a sweet baby raise and then like a Frank's and then uh, a dry rub. Yeah, we also so, have a... Yeah. So we have two that are very house specialty, and then we do two more commercial style. 
Gotcha. The, okay. Like I normally do, like a habanero or a scorpion. That kind of that's I. Oh, eat. you like the hot? That's I the way you hot, roll. Hot. Oh yeah, that's the way you roll. Um, yeah, I don't know if our. I, I, I think you might. Uh, you might be left wanting more as far as the hot the heat goes um but the the flavor of the wings going to come through yeah, and it's we, like we, beer. We, if it's good it's good if yeah it's we've, good. Had, yeah, we've exactly. had enough we've had enough people we're getting ready to roll out um so we'll roll out come may 1st a um a little we do some seasonal iterations on our menu and i think you're going to see a couple more of wing sauces one of them is going to be something spicier because we do get that request and we also have a mango jalapeno that we use on our shrimp pops um so which is a, a panko mm. breaded shrimp that's really gained, gained traction, and I find myself eating our wings in the mango habanero all the time. So I think I'm going to share that, that with the that world. Sounds, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> um, but we've got one of the biggest things here. We, we do tacos. We have steak, chick, uh, pulled chicken, steak, blackened shrimp, and portobello mushroom. Really, really good good filling tacos. Some of the better tacos you're going to eat in town. We do those for 2 bucks on Tuesdays. That's you know another yeah. one of my shame, you know, shameless plugs there. But uh, I guarantee you will not get a better taco. Uh, they're excellent. For, for 2 bucks anywhere in town. Two best they're $3 taco. Yeah, they're, they're three forty nine normally, but and they're worth every penny of that. But for 2 bucks on Tuesdays, it's one of the better deals in town. And you guys are family friendly. That's, is that what Absolutely. I heard? Absolutely, okay. yeah. So it took us, uh, we first opened, we weren't. Um, we had to actually have some food sales and be able to show that to get permission. We didn't want to build a wall in the middle of our bar. Yeah. Um, we wanted the limited separation. So we opened up, showed that we can sell some food, um, got permi- got permission from the state as well as our landlord, uh, showed enough food sales to get the family friendly. 21 and under, we're open seven days a week. We do we do tell people that, you know, on Friday, or Friday and Saturday nights, particularly Saturday, it gets really busy in here and loud i don't know that it's you know it, as, as a father of a 10 year old and a seven year old i don't know that uh it's the place that i would want to bring them at 10 o'clock at night right not the weekend, um, yeah. all the other times it's very family we got games we got a nintendo over there um which is my kids have grown up here so um they've gotten real good at the nintendo <laughs> telstar pong too <laughs> there's some outside seating as well yeah, we're actually, um, so last year was just kind of hodgepodge, hey, we got this, this patio, let's put some stuff out here so people can sit. Uh, this year we've got um, a, a dedicated focus on getting that up and going, and um, we're going to have some hops out there. It's, uh, I really like it. It's, um, I'm a communal drinker. I drink alone too, but I, I like to sit, you know, I, I love, uh, it goes back to, you know, at the beginning of the show we talked about the Michigan thing, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to Right Brain? Oh, all, all, love it. Uh, so One it's, of my it's just all, pit, all picnic yeah. tables yeah. through the whole Very thing. Very cool place. Um, uh, other places too. You go to one of the new ones in Traverse City, Rare Bird, newer and Rare Bird. Mm-hmm. It's all big tables. You don't have a choice but to sit and drink beer with other people, and you might not know them. And uh, we've kind of taken that approach here as that German beer garden style. We've got you know some really nice picnic tables out there and full service, and get you know everything on our regular menu. You can eat outside too. And so we're really trying to make that more of a beer garden area this year with our patio. Really excited for that. And where you guys have music as well? At? Every Saturday. Every Saturday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Occasionally, we'll get somebody to come through town that we really want to see, or, or we really want to book, and they're only available on Friday, so we'll do that. But you can count on live music every Saturday at Redemption. Uh, we usually start it at eight, so that the parents can come out, catch an hour with their kids, and if it gets a little rowdy and crazy, they they still got to have a good time. And so usually every Saturday, at eight o'clock. One of the things we we do here is we. Uh, uh, we try to book as uh, local musicians as often as possible. We don't like to use the big booking agent companies and those those sort of yeah. things because we're we're a small place and um, I don't know what they got going I'm on. Try, I'm, I'm trying to find him the correct beer yeah, to sip one. so that we're all sipping the same beer when we're talking. I'm Busey. This is Chili from Dos, Dos Ringos. Ringos. You're listening to Blind Pig Confession. 
Woo! All right, well, that second beer, we, we already drank it because we were talking too much, but <laughs> it was your Smash Mouth Blonde, correct? Uh, Smash Blonde is actually Smash the Blonde, name. okay. Yeah, so Smash I'm thinking, Mouth I'm was a bad band. band in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. This beer is much better. It, it's an acronym <laughs> for uh, single malt and single hop is what SMASH is the acronym nice. for. So, okay. And we rotate the hop each time we brew it. The first time we did it, it was Willamette. We just used two row, put one hop in, Willamette. This time it's Cascade. You guys have the Cascade version of, of SMASH Blonde. Okay. And we use our cream ale yeast. So it has a little, little lager kick to it. Nice and clean. Mm-hmm. Burns clean. Introductory mm-hmm. beer for... Uh, people that are coming into the pub and oh, don't, yeah. don't yeah. like a lot of hops but yep. it's it's a nice clean easy drinking beer yeah definitely i enjoyed it yeah. it actually is the beer i've been i've been drinking the most of lately um just because i feel like it's you know not going to get me drunk but it, it, there's definitely yeah. there's alcohol it's in good it all day beer. It's, it's yeah it's uh it's one of those psychological things but um yeah nice <laughs> nice clean i i really like it. it it is one of the you know as far as the recipe goes it's about as simple as it gets mm-hmm. one malt and one hop um, but it, I think it, it also, like we talked about earlier, can't hide anything in it. It's right. Be, it's know, basic, it's, but it's, it's done be, right. It's got to be nice and clean. It's got flavor. Um, it is clean. It's and it's kind of cool. Basically, we, we use, there's some hops that we use frequently here in the, in the brew house. Um, you know, Dan and I being traditional brewers, we do play around with the really cool stuff, the citrus and the, the Simcoe and the Mosaic and that, that sort of thing. But we also use a lot of, a lot of classic hops in here. So this is a chance for us to do, to do a beer and we do it, you know, with, you know, every, I don't know, six weeks or so, but to do a beer and showcase the different hops that we use in the brewery. Um, so you can kind of get it, you know, get a feel for that. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good everyday drinker. One thing I noticed with your two light or beers, I'll call them, <laughs> is that they still had a really full body to them. They mm-hmm. still, you had a mouthfeel to it that was, that was still, you know, he- a little heavier and, and very beer-like. Um, unlike drinking some cream ales or some lighter beers that are just, it's, it's like a water. I didn't get that with yours. I got a lot more heavy mouthfeel to it. Uh, it. It was very satisfying for that lighter type style of beer. Cameron and I do a lot of research on beer styles before we brew a beer. We're both history buffs. Yeah, we're history Danny's buffs. I'm history. a history major from the University of Maryland. Go Terps. Um, Go Blue. And we... <laughs> we when Cameron and I decide to do a beer together, we actually do our own research aside from one another, and then we come back to the table and go, "Okay, what do you want to do?" And it's like a it's a it's a wonderful, fun conversation on, "Okay, do you want to do maize in this or not?" And we kind of like go back and forth, and it's a fun, awesome conversation to have with with another beer guy, and then we like meet and go, "Okay, this is this is it." Right. And then we move forward. And one of the conversations that we have there is that might often may get overlooked, or, or people don't realize the, uh, the the fine lines that you dance when you're brewing beer. Um, and one of them is mash temperature. So we talk about it, if you guys don't mind, for your, your people will talk Go about that a no, little bit. Please. A lot of people don't realize, and I'm coming back to this um, because you mentioned the mouthfeel and, and the body of the beer, and people don't realize that. The difference in body of a beer between you know something along that smash blonde or, or a lighter beer and a and a thick chewy stout six degrees Fahrenheit, that's wow. it. Um, and so, and we do keep that in mind. It, it, it for me when I'm when we're doing that beer, I don't want something that's so dry. It's, you know, off like, like a wine. You know, you don't want a real dry beer or, or mm-hmm. light body. I want a little bit 
in there. If I didn't, I just I would go drink a macro beer. Right. So you know, a lot of that is just Dan and I coming together and saying, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to do this at 140, 148 degrees like I would do. Uh, what would we do at 148? Belgian triple. Uh, Belgian triple. Yeah, right. So something uh, you want to ferment to dry out. You know, we still want we want some body there and some flavor, mm-hmm. especially with it with, with like that smash blonde. It's it's a single malt. Can't we can't add wheat. Or we're not going to add carapils or so, yeah. a malt like that to give it some body and some head retention. So we're, we're going to do the same thing, but we're going to do it with mash temperature and, and adjust that a little bit. So that, that's kind of where that and, comes and, in. In the interest of uh, transparency, we had to come up with a couple of beers that to keep our cream ale yeast alive. Because we pull cream ale yeast out. all my cigarettes. <laughs> we pull cream ale yeast off the cone. If you don't have a beer to keep it alive, it, it dies. Right. So right. we were like, okay, let's come up with a series of beers to make to use the cream ale yeast and, and keep it vibrant. And uh, the Smash series is one of them, and they're it's fantastic. It's it's a great. It served a couple purposes. Yeah, and like I said, that was that was definitely me complimenting you guys because usually those lighter beers, I, I'm not going to enjoy them. They're too light. They're very macro feeling. But yours, the mouthfeel, the the body of it, it was impressive for for what it's what it is a cream ale or a lighter blonde type ale. Yeah. So I, I was very impressed with both thank of those. You, thank so you. Far. I think we're drinking. Are we drinking number three now? Yeah, we're on yes. to the rye. No, I'm number three seven. is definitely not the rye. I'm number, number, seven. Oh, I'm, numero trace is the <laughs> colony collapse. Then we're all drinking different beers at this yeah, point. I'm at seven. <laughs> That's how you know it's because I'm definitely <laughs> drinking the rye. <laughs> it's a good good podcast. So I'm not. I'm, I'm on three. You're on three. I'm on three. Well, let's a, talk about it, number it's three. Sweet Houston. Yes. We have a problem. <laughs> so no, yeah, number three is our colony collapse. It's an imperial red ale. Uh-huh. Okay, hopped very similar to a an I, to an IPA. I mean, it's 84 IBUs. There's a lot of hops in there, but it's a big, bad, sweet beer. So the hops, I don't want to say they get lost because they're definitely there and you'll definitely taste yeah, them. Yeah, it's balanced. But, it, yeah, it is a little bit a little bit more balanced. It's I was a, actually worried when you said I was drinking a rye. I was going to say... Um, I, this, this I actually think you're the only one drinking the... I think we all had the rye except you. No, I definitely have Colony Collapse. Oh, you That's did? definitely what I'm drinking. Oh, yeah. So this Brandon called and I collapse. were drinking the rye. This is not a rye, I can tell you. And I was thinking, <laughs> yeah. wow, if this is a rye, they didn't put a whole lot of rye in there. No, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we're drinking Colony Collapse. It's um, it's kind of our, like Dan said, name and beers is, is half the fun. And this one, not, not a lot of people get, but Dan and I do, so that's what matters. Yeah, we, we were giggling. So we <laughs> use 20 pounds of orange blossom honey in it. I don't know if any of you guys know, there but there's kind, of a, there's kind of a there's kind of a an epidemic right now mm. with colony bee colonies right. collapsing. They're they're yes. not they're, the the bees are dying. So we love nature, we love all of that, but it was it was kind yeah. of ironic. The, that the funny part of this was us was like Cameron politically, should we do this? Are the bee people going to come after us for making fun of colony collapse? I mean, it's a serious issue, guys. Yeah, it's a very hopefully, serious issue. <laughs> hopefully, we're bringing awareness. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's why you play it is you're yeah. bringing awareness yeah, yeah, to this. Right. right. So you're brewing this one with a lot of honey, and that's, a lot of honey. that's where that sweetness is coming from. Um. So yes and no. Uh, some of the residual sweetness flavors are coming from the honey. Right. Um. I will tell you that honey is traditionally an ingredient that dries out quite a bit in fermentation. Your um. It, it was a big beer to start with, so you have some residual sweetness and and there's that de- you're definitely getting that honey yes that's very unique to me i mean that's a it's, it's good. got some unique flavor i really like that that's yeah, and it really, was uh, really good it was the one that we we broke out the you know the the name brand designer hops we used some simcoe and some amarillo in there and i'm a sucker for centennial so there's some centennial in there and um 
It was uh, one of the, the first beers that Dan and I did that were off. Of, we haven't had a chance to play around with much that, that aren't our house beers. We we have to brew our house beers over and over again because we're having a hard time keeping up, which is the best problem to have. <laughs> Trust me, as though as an owner here, I'd, I would tell you that I'd rather have that problem than the other problems. Oh, yeah. um, but that being said, we haven't yeah. had a chance. So this was this was one of those beers where Dan and I got to play around a little bit and um, and we got the we put that orange blossom honey, frankly, because we had it sitting in a bucket over there. Thought, what you know, let's put some honey in an IPA. A, a good, you know, probably one of the the more popular honey double IPAs are going to be um, like a hop slam from Bell's mm-hmm. or something along those lines. So we did that, put it in there, but at the same time, you know, put our own twist on it, made it made it a red, you know, an imperial red, and oh, we we had to tell the staff when we put it out to be careful. It's it's eight point four percent, but it doesn't drink like eight four point four. Not at all. No, and, not uh, at all. You know, customers are going to end up pounding this beer and. And having a little bit of a yeah, you know, I, you get a to me, I get that sweetness up front from that honey, which it's got a really cool, unique flavor to it. Then it kind of dries a little bit. Then I get a sweetness in the back again. Yeah, I really like this. It's delicious, and it, it has a very unique little spiciness because yeah. of the hops too. That yeah. kind of it doesn't overtake the honey, Mm-mm. and it's. It's not a, at all. I, I would never guess this had 84. I'd be not, not even close. That's really, really good. And, again, it's it's got a lot of body to it. Yeah. I, I have yet to taste one of you guys' beers that, that's even close to being that watery domesticness. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure to brew one of those real soon. For <laughs> you. I, I would rather you not. We'll call it the Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, that's, Jordan again, Light. that's a compliment. I do, I do enjoy that. But. To Jordan with love. <laughs> I used to actually. I used. To, I'll admit. I used to be a Miller Lite drinker until the craft brewery scene. You know, until I got into the yeah. craft brewery scene. So here's a unique take, and you can you know take this for what it's worth. And, and this is probably. I don't know how many of these you guys have done with with us brewers and things like this, but this is probably uh, one of the only times you're ever going to hear this out of anybody's anybody's mouth. Dan and I, uh, we get along in, in a lot of other ways too. One of the things that we shared a, a similar opinion in, on is. Um, I don't hate the macros. Um, mm-hmm. and, no, I don't. And yeah. we actually, Dan and I share some respect for them. Now, um, do I think it's artisan? No, I, I don't, but um, at the level that they're doing it. but And they make the same beer over and over and over again with crazy consistency, right? Um, and if you if you actually look at the Beechwood aging process on a Budweiser, it's not a simple thing that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so a lot of people don't realize that. That beechwood. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan. You were telling me about, about this, but that that beechwood stays in and it goes from beer to beer, and that's that's kind of the way they they pitch their yeast, right? When when I was at the Siebel Institute of Brewing Technology, a, there was a couple of AB guys in the class, and they said they're these twisted pieces of wood in these horizontal tanks that they that collect the yeast and they go in and pull them out, and then re, right. use those to repitch the other batches right so it's difficult and people may bust budweiser's balls or whatever and they can that's their own opinion that's fine but that process alone of recreating the same lager with that crisp i mean it's it's unique it's unique and it's it's actually hard to do and nobody Absolutely can do right. and that's why craft brewers don't make a lot of lagers. Right. They're not right. easy to make. They're not easy. Right, exactly. They're not easy to make. You know, we were none of us are Budweiser fans on the show and, and uh you know, we gave them respect. We did a show, one of our early shows. We we kinda do try to hit all the big boys and the guys that have been here before Prohibition. And Budweiser we give mad respect for what they've done and what they've been through mm-hmm. and how they've their advertising was just ginormous. I mean, they took over the beer world. 
but well, I'm not a fan of their beer. But I am, you know, for what they've done in the business, you can't. It's, you it's have more to about it. a respect for the process, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying too. I'm not saying that. Uh, trust me when I tell you, I'd much rather drink every beer that's on this paddle than a Budweiser, <laughs> right? Um, it, but you, you have to have respect for the process. You have to, right. I mean, and they've been doing this for hundred and you know some odd years, right. so um, you, you have to have respect for that process. I know a lot of flat comes from. Uh, you know the bigger the AB InBevs when they buy out and, and the other companies, the Spanish company I can't think of, but that that bought a large chunk of founders. And you know another thing that Dan and I have had conversations on that um, that I think that our view may differ from some of the other people that you'll talk to is uh, I'm I don't have the luxury of being just a brewer and just a brew pub. I'm an owner operator. I I, I, own, I have to like I, I joked earlier. This is a for profit business, and we have guest taps up there. And um, I don't necessarily look at the. Uh, when the bigger the bigger people buy the smaller guys up, hey, good for them. I'm going to tell you right now, guys, right now, and you can put this in there. You don't have to edit this out. If AB InBev comes in here and offers me a shit ton of money, see ya. Good, <laughs> I'm out, man. Yeah, I'm 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 Cayman Islands bound, um, and it's it's not because I, 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 you know, I'm I'm I don't appreciate craft beer and I'm a sellout or anything along those lines. Hey, I'm gonna You're going to keep making it, but on an island somewhere for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that, so that's where that's exactly where I'm going with this. Lots of coconut stout. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but that's exactly where I'm going with this. Like, I started off because I, I, I knew, you know, I, I like good beer, and I, I wanted nothing gives me more pleasure than when, you know, Dan touched on it earlier, when him and I come up with something. We battle we, each other. We're both egomaniacs. We are, um, and then we put it out there, and people love it, right? Yeah. And, I'm, and, and, and that's my end game, right? That that's my goal. Mm-hmm. I want I want to get the this beer into as many hands of people that, that that can appreciate it the way I do. And quite frankly, those larger companies give a better chance of that happening. Um, you know, and, and so if if somebody was to come along and say we we love the Redemption brand, we want we want to buy it out. You know, I I would think long and hard, and I, w- I would probably do it. And it's because n- not just for the money, although it, money's not a bad. I mean, it's, it's not a bad thing. But at the same time, more of my beer ends up in the hands of the consumers. And so, for instance, <clears throat> you know, but nobody that I know, not too many people, you know, will look down at like founders, for instance. Mm-hmm. They're they're majority owned by a foreign company now. But th- what what's great is that I got Rubeus on Nitro this year. Right. KBS is is it's still good and it's it's all not, I don't want to say all over it's still a limited release Mosaic Prom some of these other beers we can get now um, right. you know same thing with Goose Island Goose Island um, you know there's some stuff that that is that definitely mass produced but they're still making good beer they are news, making some very news good flash beer, guys yeah. there's yeah. some good beer from coming out of Goose Island very good beer coming um, out of Goose Island and it's an AB InBev company right. and we can get it you know why we can get it because AB InBev bought mm-hmm. it. Um, same, you know, Ballast Point. Ballast Point's in Indiana now. We get them because they got, you know, they, they were purchased um, by a company with more resources, and that's ultimately. That's it's more of, about the distribution chain. Correct. Is for, what for, usually for, those things happen. I think for. Do you got? Let me ask you this. I want to. Okay. Did you have a question? Okay, because no, I want to ask no, you ahead. guys. Being Dan will dominate this conversation. Your, <laughs> no, I won't. No, but I do have a question. If if you guys. Where are you at on that? With like the sellout? That's what buyout? I was going to say. And to me, as because a, as a current beer lover, and I and I'll bitch. I to me, I get. 
for me for like Budweiser is kind of a disrespect thing I see from Budweiser down to the other guys because they talk shit about the Clippers I would, I would and they and, and they do come in and you say no uh, to them, they, they do that because they're scared they, of they the are market scared. share so say, that's and, why and, they the do that is, <laughs> there's a big enough you know there, there's more women drinking beer now that, and it's it's limitless so they don't have to be scared join them and have fun with it. But I don't like the, the we talk about the heavy handedness they're trying to use to get some guys to sign over and give them their breweries. And for me, it's more of a selfish thing of I don't want you guys to go away because I'm gonna be afraid if you got bought out by somebody, the beer might not be the same. They might be they might tend to cuddle a couple and not see the experimental stuff that you would get if you guys are still there. For it's selfish for me, but I understand where you're coming from, and I would do the same thing. I don't think they've screwed around too much with. That because when they bought Goose Island, Goose yeah, Island I've, was not pumping out Belgian style wild ales, and now we're getting them all over all the over. place. And I I don't know if they have anything to do with infusion of ideas in that or whatever. But I'm saying the beers are getting into more hands around the country. Mm-hmm. What? So I don't know why that's a negative. What I, I was going to say Other, was I was going to say I was going to say Goose Automail was still terrible. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> all I was going to say is the the macros, the big boys. They started off as microbrews. These guys came over from Germany. Um, Adolphus uh, Bush and Frederick Miller. They both came from overseas. They they found a place where they could brew their beer. They were brewing the beer they loved. They had their own beer gardens. Um, they were they were catering only to their local people, and then they just took off. And they got huge. So from that standpoint, do I respect them? Sure. Back then, I do respect them. I, I still respect them today for what they do. I align with Brendan and say I don't agree with a lot of the business practices, especially Budweiser does, where if a, a microbrew doesn't want to join them, then suddenly the hops and the farms around that microbrew maybe are getting bought up a little bit more and things like that. I, I don't agree with that. I, the, I would agree bully. with you, and I yeah, and I don't even know that, that that's happening. I don't know if that's factual. I've heard that in the news and stuff. So that's again, I say that. Yeah, we're hearing stories. Yeah. Right. So how, hear, yeah. hearing it in the news is different than factual. And I agree with so, that one hundred percent. I saw it on the internet. <laughs> well, it must and be true. The internet does not lie. But can we refer to the internet as the interwebs from yeah. now? <laughs> My father-in-law yeah. told me one time. I, I tried that internet thing. I, I I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna take off. I'd like to. I'd like to go a full circle back to the the Michigan thing about the picnic tables and everything. <laughs> okay. No, because this has been sticking in my crawl for a while. Since this is an open forum, does it have to? Be? A lot of Germans came in to Michigan. Correct. Yes, that is correct. Yes. So that we had picnic tables and all that sort of thing. And I think that's why the type of brew pub that you mentioned earlier, Cameron, exists in Michigan. Is the, the, the big picnic tables, the openness, and things like that. So That could be. That could be. Michigan, Wisconsin, there is a lot yeah. of German influence. Yeah. and I, I, That could be. I could okay, very you guys be. feel free to edit all this out at this point. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is never even going to hit the airwaves. No, no. <laughs> I think Jordan just did what I need to do. I but know. I know. I was like, <laughs> I'm out. He's gonna. Can we hit the? He just texts me. He just clean up when you're done. Can we hit the button? <laughs> can we hit the button and all take a little break? No, this is about. It's about having fun. That's what we do on the show. Is oh, we okay. want the people listening to have fun, and they want. Hey, we're going to go there, whether it's at alleys or whether it's redemption. We want to go to where these guys are at, where they're drinking and what they're drinking. And stuff well, yeah. is phenomenal. You know, going back to 
going back to the conversation we we're just having a little a little bit about you know I'll, I'll bring the circle back around about um, you know AB InBev and Budweiser. Yeah, I've read about some of the stuff they've done on the distribution end and um, where you know you have to do a certain percentage of AB InBev or they're, or they're right. going to drop you. And what that does is it, it forces those distributors to to kick away some of the some of the craft breweries right. because. You know, nobody, no, no distributor in their right mind is going to lose their AB InBev Budweiser contract over, exactly. over yeah. Redemption Aleworks. You right. know, um, and that's that's where, from a, a business practice, that's that's where I have a, a big problem. Yes, um, you know, that's one of the things that uh, that scares me about that is just uh, you know how do how do I get my beer out in, in the hands? And, and one of the things that we do is that, that's why I'm big on the brew pub. I, I control my own retail right um, yeah. you know and and if there comes a day where i can make more beer than you guys can drink in this pub then then we'll talk about you know the outside and i think that that's um was grasped a little bit earlier and say you know some of those those other states the, the wisconsin's mm-hmm. and you even go out you even go out to colorado and you go to you know avery and in some of those other those other good big breweries out there they have big huge tap rooms too bells has mm-hmm. a, a big huge tap room um because it, we realize that at the end of the day, craft beer is is, blue, is blowing up. There's still only so many tap lines, Brendan. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, there's still we're all competing for the same tap yep. lines. Yep. So, you know, one of my business principles this whole time is I don't want to sell beer to every bar on the corner. I want to own every bar on the corner. There you go. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, everything that you see here, you know, going back to the very beginning of this entire conversation, everything you see here was kind of made to be. We're in a strip mall, right? But there's strip malls everywhere. Everything that we do here is is made to be replicated later on down the road. Um, you know, my goal isn't to go to an 80 barrel system and make beer and sell it to every bar on the corner. Our goal has always been, yeah, we'll get out to some package stores and things like that. But rather than sell bar to or sell beer to a bar in Fountain Square or, mm-hmm. or you know wherever, I'd like to just open another Redemption. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I want to yeah. control the retail of, of the beer, and it's not just because I'm want to control the profits and that sort of thing but i control the way that my passion and everything that 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 we do is put out there for other people so um, just having your beer on a tap somewhere else doesn't give it justice to i don't know if they clean their lines i don't know if the guy guy pouring it knows shit about right right right? but here i do i know that dan cleaned the lines and i know that he i know that we got a beer bible and every time we we do a new beer they can open it up and read all about it and they can sit there and they can drink it we give we give all of our employees, uh, we call them shifties. Every time you work a shift here, you get a beer. A, it's, it's the right thing to do in a brew pub. But B, I want my employees drinking my beer. You want to know what they're drinking? Yeah. You I, can be able to talk to the people about yeah, when they're coming Yeah, I, I want in them and... to know what it tastes like. I want them to, to be able to describe it. And you know, I, I, encourage, I encourage them to not drink the same beer over and over again, to try something different. And typically, I think a lot of people come in the will usually ask the bartender, the server, what's your favorite? Especially if it's somebody that doesn't. Have a lot of experience with craft beer. Typically, they're right. going to ask them, "What do you usually drink?" This is what I drink. What do you usually drink? So they have I to usually know about tell the them beer. it's like asking me to name my favorite kid. Even if I have one, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> um, but you know, and that's just uh, having that staff being able to knowledge them. Just because it's your favorite doesn't mean that it's their favorite either. So you know, a great follow up question to that is, "What was the last beer you drank? What, what was the last beer you what drank? Do you that you like? drink? What do you normally drink? Right? What do you like? Yeah. Okay. What, right. Blue Moon. Okay. How about our Salvation Honey Wheat? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have the coriander, but it's a nice, weedy beer that's easy drinking. 
the, the, the point of that whole thing, you know, Jordan and Dan, that we were just talking about is um, the ability to control the finished product of your beer and, and how um, that's what worries me about larger production and, and that sort of thing is selling beer to every bar on the corner. You don't know. You, you don't know mm-hmm. what that that customer experience with you. You know, you work so hard to, to put something out there and you have this passion and you think it's good, but until you actually look at, you know, the, those customers out there, which is, we've got a great view of them right now, until you actually look at them and, and see that they're enjoying it, you don't know. And I've been to places where, you know, crap root places where maybe not a little bit shady and they have a number of different taps on and you know, hey, I've had that one a few times, I'm getting that, and it doesn't taste right. You know, there's probably something wrong with those lines and, you right. know, it doesn't do it justice. Someone came in and that's the first time they've had it doesn't know that there's something wrong with the line or something wrong yeah. they think oh that beer was pretty shitty yeah. no <laughs> it's that place you're in that's that's wrong and absolutely so you got to get to the place and, and you, you got to get to the boot and we do you know we do send our beer out to um there, there are some some people that we've become friends with throughout the you know this process and dan's been in the beer business for a long time in indiana so we do send our beer out you know you'll, you'll find us on a rotation at taxman mm-hmm. um broad ripple brew pub is just putting us on um you know some other some other places but places that we know and we we understand we know a there's good beer drinkers right. there people that are going to appreciate our product that are going to have one there and come here and try the rest of them and be we know that they can talk about beer and that the quality of what's coming through their lines is going to be the same as the quality of what's coming through our lines that's important sold up a couple of our kegs up to copper still in noblesville is oh, yeah. an excellent beer bar yeah yeah go there copper still i i live a couple blocks from copper still john manley does a great job of purchasing beer putting explanations in a beer menu mm-hmm. bottle wise it's the best bottle menu in Hamilton County I think and they only have 10 taps but it's a it's a good beer bar mm-hmm. good oh yeah yeah they got uh, good live music too so yeah it's a good place to go yeah but we don't hit no ones but we need to get up there because that's one of the few places we haven't been in yet. Is no, we haven't. Really. Yeah, I'd like. To, I've been yeah. in there to eat, but I haven't been in there to. Uh, drink. Have good, We've good, been in there to see the dead food. squirrels. Yeah, a few times to see the squirrels, and yeah. we'll be in there again. But yeah. uh, our buddy Chris Birch will be playing there soon too. I believe. Yeah. What okay? What are we drinking now? What is this? This is number six. We're all in something different. Dan, I think Dan or I, the only ones drinking the same. Oh no, you are I, too. I, I believe six. that we're oh, drinking. No. I'm six. drinking the Atonement Pale Ale. Okay, that's what this is. Which I think. Cameron, am I wrong? Is this our signature beer? This is our signature beer. This is uh, it's it, awesome. It, it is. It's a citra hopped American pale ale um, with a really kind of a, what I would call for a pale ale a complex malt malt yeah. backbone. Uh, there's a lot a lot going on there, but they all play really well together. Hey, did I hear you talking about copper still? Yeah, I did. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm, I'm going to go on record as saying the probably one of the best, if not the best. Beer menus in, 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 in Hamilton. <laughs> thank you. I love you, John. So, <laughs> thank you. Sorry. Then we have to get in there now. I, I think <laughs> we got to do a show there now. You re- yeah, you re- you really do. You they should have. go in there and do a show. John is a they're, they're just they're John's good a beer nice buyers. guy. Yeah. yeah, they're fantastic menu. Only ten taps, but a great bottle menu. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go up there and tell you guys sent us. You'll be welcomed with open arms. <laughs> <laughs> And I might be there too. Mine's a, <laughs> yes, Tam will probably be there. Actually, I'm at Wings every Tuesday. <laughs> Wings, etc. Not the greatest beer menu, but 
it's close to my daughter's dance studio, and they always have they always got rail splitter two, yeah, and two hearted ale. Splitter and two hearted. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go wrong with either of those two. No, beers. no. Two hearted ale. Two hearted ale is the reason this place exists. Just so really? you guys know, yeah, it's the first craft beer I fell in love with. Really, nineteen ninety nine. It just <laughs> came out. Uh, little known fact: they won the first Hop Union uh, IPA. Um, uh, why can't I think of it? I can't think of the name of the, the festival and the contest, but basically. Uh, it's been going on for about 20 years where Hop Union um, takes all the IPAs from across the country. It's, it's If you're going to enter an IPA into a contest, it's the one you want to win. They won their – Larry Bell won his first year out. Is back when Larry was still brewing beer and uh, won their first year out. I had it in 1999, fell in love with craft beer, couldn't, couldn't buy it yet. Um, and all of my buddies were drinking Keystone Light at Western Michigan, <laughs> and um, nobody was really interested in buying it for me. So I, I brewed it myself. Nice. I didn't do real well. Can I go back to turning the tables on the interview? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Where were you when you first brewed your first homebrew batch? Dude, we haven't yet. They haven't yet. Oh, you've never brewed a homebrew batch? Next Thursday. No, next Thursday. Oh, I thought. I got oh, that, man. by the way. I had, but they were very, it was, uh, let's see. Actually, the first time I brewed was when uh, Eisman lifted the cup. That was the first. Uh, it was right that on. One. Oh, the it, Red so, Wings. Yes. Yeah. That was the first time I ever brewed beer, and it was horrible. Horrible, and I, I tried a few batches, and I, and I, I think I did it. Try maybe you, four or five, and I came out with some a decent Russian Imperial Stout that tastes alright. Probably because I you can know the hide first thing make it taste bad. The but. first criteria for a homebrew is is drinkable. Right. Uh, the first few, absolutely not. But but you kept getting back it, after it. Yeah, I got a, I got a couple that were drinkable. All right, and then I kind of got away from it. So this and it's been years. So yeah. I'm, I'm I have a a bottle of batch number one from 1999. In my in at my house, obviously it'll never be opened, and it was found in my de- my father's basement after he passed away, and my sister gave it to me, and it was a bottle that I gave him. I'm actually a it's 20 years old uh, or 17 years, however however years old, but uh, b I'm sure it was terrible. I, I mean, I'm sure my dad chugged it down. Thinking, That's why you don't want to open it because right. you know, yeah, because I know like there there's beers, guys. There's beers that I that that like I, I look at when I first started brewing on what i would call a professional scale i look back then and i'm like i can't believe I, I i can't believe that beer went out to the public um <laughs> you know but uh, at the end of the day i guess you know they were all learning and trial experiences and those sort of things so they flipping that dan flipped the interview again uh what was so i'm, I'm gonna keep it flipped i forget about the, the first beer you guys ever brewed and i tried a lager for the first time, did. I did. That was my first beer I tried, okay. which was really stupid. And I didn't know that how bad, yeah, no, how, how ridiculous. Did your first beer <laughs> should be something dark and thick? And um, well, that was the first success I had was with the dark beer. But right. yeah, I tried a lager first, and whew, no. Uh, what, no. What beer made you fall in love with craft beer? Um, I, I grew up, you know, again, like Michigan. We grew up drinking Bush. Yeah, and, I'm a Bush light guy. That's you know, but I my dad Bush always had Guinness. My dad wasn't a big drinker. But he always had Guinness, the extra okay. stout in the bottle. Oh, yeah. And so I always had a taste for a darker, heavier beer, but it was hard to get. So, but growing up in northern Michigan, again, once Bell started to explode, you know, we started getting the Bells, and I love the Bells Porter. Still a fantastic beer. It is, and it's still one of my favorite Bells. So, but I think Guinness was really what got me into exploring those different different beers other people at the time really weren't. Oh, it tastes like shit going through a sock. You know, people bitch <laughs> right. about Guinness, but you know now they don't. But they did then because it wasn't nobody really knew. They drank Bud and Bush and 
Bread, white, and blue. I yeah, mean, that's I absolutely what they drank. absolutely love Guinness, and, and in fact, there's uh, we keep it we keep some in the back, and there's days at six, seven, eight, six or seven <laughs> in the morning that that's how we start our day here when we're uh, brewing. But um, how about for you, Jordan? What was the first one? Well, for you? Um, I got a lot of family in Wisconsin, so I spent a lot of time in Wisconsin. Um, so before Lining Kugels was widely popular or known, I was drinking it up there. Um, I, I kind of was like, you know, this is this is much better stuff. And then I started drinking other stuff up there, New Glarus and, mm. and some of the breweries up there. And I kind of just said, you know, Miller Lite is, is good. I still thought it was good at that time, which I still occasionally, if I go out on the boat, I take my case of Miller Lite. Not often, but I do. I, I fell in love with craft beer and, and everything it means and, and all the different flavors and the profiles and how there's really a beer for any mood, occasion, or whatever. You can find that in the craft beer scene, so... I'll still drink the hell out of Bush Light. It's going to be, when I go home, it's the only thing in my grandma's <laughs> fridge. So um, other than the bottle that I brought her the last time I was home, so uh, which I'm not going to drink a year later. But, uh, yeah. I, I can't believe happens. you're going to drink your grandma's beer. but <laughs> All let's, of it. PBR <laughs> was still the first ever, beer yeah. I ever drank. And I was nine years old, I had a PBR, and I still drink PBR, and I still love it. We but, got Old Style over there in a the can. And yeah. I love Old Style, and I drink a lot of bush beer through my younger years. And But it's funny, now going back, I couldn't drink a bush or a butt because it, it tastes like a can of sugar to me. Yeah. You know, it's different. It's funny, now back, you know, years ago, people go, it's an acquired taste, and it's an acquired taste. Well, no, just we had shitty beer. The craft <laughs> right. brewers now, you really have great beers, and it's different. You know, it is. It's not acquired. There's, there's a really great beer out there. I, I think that's why we're seeing a lot more women drinking okay. beer. Like, if okay, if it's 100 degrees out, 95 degrees, humid in the summer. Who cares? You go home. <laughs> I don't, I want to go into a cooler full of ice and pull out a Budweiser or some crap crappy adjunct beer. That's what I want. And just down it. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm sorry. Is that Here, here's no? The, there's nothing wrong. No. <laughs> Here, here's the thing, though. <clears throat> For me, it's not going to matter because if it's 95 and crappy and hot and you're not going to be outside. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to be in my 68 degree house <laughs> yeah, with yeah. the air conditioning on, drinking, <laughs> drinking this lovely rye that everybody else drank except me. Yeah. I was going to say too, if it's if it's summertime and you know I'm feeling nostalgic, we're out playing beer pong. I'm not putting delicious craft beer into those cups. <laughs> right. I'm going back to the roots. It's going to be it's going to be my Miller Lite or PBR or High Life or something along those exactly. lines. Going in those cups. That's what that beer. Yeah. There is a place for the beer. There is a place. There for is it. a place for it. We got in the back uh, of the fridge. <laughs> in the, in in the beer that's pong the cups. place. It's, it's, it's back there in mine until Gus I'm cus, telling customers you, come over. The cooler full of ice water is a wonderful thing. <laughs> you ever put ice in or salt in there? You can get your no, temperature down. I'm a not bit. making ice cream. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Maybe we should. I think we're getting off point, Cameron. <clears throat> yeah, we got I one more beer to you back on the we course. Are, we got to get back on point. Okay, Jordan's got to edit this all out. Right. <laughs> yep, I do. <laughs> all right, we got one more delicious beer to get through, and then uh, yep, basically then, from the time we introduced ourselves <laughs> till now, it's going to be it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> like the <laughs> no. whole thing's. Uh, it no, does. This has been a very good show. We weren't recording, guys. Sorry. <laughs> we forgot to plug in. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's a beer ahead of me, so. It's life for you, dude. It smells nutty. Do we need to refluff this? <laughs> They're getting a little warm. All right, so what's number 12? Is that what you got now? Can, can, can I do this? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So when I went to the Siebel Institute of Brewing Technology in Chicago, I filled an application. It's a good school. I filled an application out for a job, and some guys showed up and interviewed like three or four of us. 
and I got the job, and they moved me from Baltimore to Green Bay. And the guy that started interviews over anyways. <laughs> the guy that started the brew pub, his name is Nick Egan, and he was a just a wonderful, wonderful guy. He he knew that I was just coming to Green Bay with no family or anything. I was just a twenty six year old brewer, and uh, his family just embraced me, just brought me in, and I did a startup for them, Egan Brewing Company, and uh, not to be the Debbie Downer, but he ended up getting a brain tumor and passing away, and the wife ended up shutting down the because she didn't want to deal with that. Right. So here, I asked Cameron, I said, would you allow me to do a beer in homage or... Oh, nice. In, okay. uh, ...of Nick Egan, who is just a super Irish Catholic wonderful name mm-hmm. and uh we we did that he allowed me to do that and it was like one of the coolest things it was very cool and he says i allowed him but i don't think i have any say in this place yeah <laughs> <laughs> i said cameron i'm doing this and i'm gonna choke you if you don't let me do it no but no he i he, get the joke he let me do it i know you get the joke um he let me do it and uh the Egan family came down from Green Bay, Wisconsin, on for St. Patty's Day and drank the beer. And oh, cool! It's a it's a dry Irish stout. Yes, so it was cool. All right, Cameron, thank you. I hope you guys are enjoying that. But it was uh, I I went in on tap before when I first got here because it was the first time I had this one. I, I love. I'm unfortunately Genesis in here. It's one of my your flag your first one, correct? Yes, it and is. I, that's the I, milk I, stout. I absolutely I love that milk stout. It's it's fantastic. Those malts in there to me are just unreal. They're, it's one of my favorite beers in town. This is uh, phenomenal. I got on tap. I was like, man, this is just a great dry stout. It's what it's supposed to be. It's what, yeah. a, what a dry stout is supposed Thin, to taste like. Dry disappears. Yes, you get a lot of places now. There's there's because of there's there's so much you can do with crab beer now. You, sometimes you can't tell a porter from a stout anymore, and they're doing all this weird stuff to it, but. This is a good dry this Irish is stout. One hundred percent a dry Irish yeah. stout. There's you're no, not going to mistake no this with anything else. It's beautiful. We had uh, we brought in. It was all Irish malt. It yeah. was uh, malting company of Ireland. Yeah. Um, this yeah. is as, like Dan and I talked about earlier. When it, we take a lot of <clears throat> a lot of pride in in doing. There's a reason why classic beer styles are classic beer styles, right? Mm-hmm. There, um, the, there's a reason why they've be- become what they are. And uh, Dan and I take a, a lot of pride in being able to. Um, to research them and, and bring a historical aspect, you know, to the beer. Yeah. Now, now, will we not do anything, you know, crazy with that? Sure, we we took that beer and got a little got a little crazy with it with some Jameson and some yeah, uh, some Irish cream and some other stuff over yeah. St. Patty's Day. And, and we'll we did it. Like we we took one keg of beer and made an Irish car bomb stout out of it. <laughs> I injected a whole keg with. Jam- How did we miss that? I injected a St. whole Patty's keg Day only. Damn. I injected an entire keg with uh, Irish whiskey, and uh, we couldn't put real Irish cream it in it because it could be. Yeah, there's no way. So we, we used an, an or- extract. We yeah, used from an extract. St. Cloud Estate did like an organic extract that was really good. And, yeah, it was. Uh, for the record, for your listeners, we have a liquor license. So we're allowed to do that. It's called a beer cocktail. Yeah. Um, other breweries don't do that. You'll get in trouble. Scott Bedwell from the ATC, please call off your dogs. Do not come get us. <laughs> we have a liquor license. <laughs> yes, and they also wanted for liquor like uh, Journeyman's. Yeah. The, did you get any of that? I, 
Uh, I love journeyments. It's I, I can't believe they've only been around for five years now. Well, we we did their four year anniversary. Okay, and I think that stuff is the place is incredible, but their whiskey is phenomenal. You're, you're gonna it's you're fantastic. gonna you're gonna shed a tear in a minute when I told you when I tell you what we did. Oh no, because it, something tells me you didn't get any. No, uh, we we got our hands on from from the distributor. Dan hooked this up, so I'm gonna give Dan the, the props on this. Um, we got a five gallon journeyman barrel bourbon barrel mm-hmm. um and then we we actually took journeyman rye journeyman bourbon and journeyman they're clear whiskey i can't remember it's like feather or something well, that's, it's called white white something yeah, white yeah. Whiskey they're, something. They're, they're, they're clear whiskey rye and bourbon um some really nice uh italian sweet vermouth and some luxardo italian cherries put it into the back into the journeyman barrel for two months for two months for two months and made our own barrel-aged journeyman Manhattan. And then you could call your bitters. Uh, so you got to you pick got what bitters you wanted yeah. in it. We did a, a ginger bitters and a, an orange bitters, a Regan's orange bitters. Um, and the, then, yeah. This go, is ahead. So, yeah so, go ahead. Go ahead. So you love Genesis, right? Uh, yes. So then we, we drained that barrel, put it in the firkin that's sitting behind us, and served it. It was <laughs> yeah, 10 bucks for right Manhattan. There. It was the best, best effing, oh best eff- effing, uh, Whiskey drink you could get in town. It oh, was you can say fucking. It, it was the best fucking Manhattan. It was one of the best Manhattans you'll, you'll ever have. And then phenomenal. Uh, and then so we we're took, doing that again, right? We, t- <laughs> <laughs> we took that man. It was a pain in the ass. I'm not gonna lie. I we bet. took that Manhattan barrel and put Genesis in it. Oh man! Uh, and it was uh, let that sit for about six weeks. Then we took it to Winterfest. Brewers oh, take no Manhattan. What do, what do we name it? The Manhattan Project. Yeah, the Manhattan, the Manhattan Project. Yeah. We so then, the so the only place, the only place that beer has ever been served was for free. Well, not free. You, you bought tickets, but uh, at at Winterfest, it was amazing. It was the, so good. Oh yeah. my god. So it was, it was Genesis. Your 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 milk style that you love. Aged. And in I was it. in Michigan during Winterfest. Yeah. So it, we made our own Manhattan in the barrel, and then and then put uh, put the Genesis in the Manhattan barrel. Wow. All right, Sorry. gentlemen. Well, we got to actually wrap the show right. up because we're, uh, we're. Well, I think we need to come back time. and do another one. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if they'll have us, I mean, that's kind yeah. of up to them. Not. Did us. I tell you about tap talks that I want to do? No. It's it's it was it was designed as more of a, a video cast uh, than a podcast, but podcasts mm-hmm. would work too. Basically, I wanted to mount it at, like a GoPro or a HD camera on the tap. And and we would just sit there, so that you had the taps, and we would sit there. And we would just talk about. And we're wearing these to make us look official. Yeah, yeah, right. right. And we would just and we would just talk about the dumbest shit that popped up, right? So and then and maybe you have a little like you can email in and with with your dumb beer question, like what's the difference between an ale and a lager? What's an IPA? <laughs> what's an IPA? I'm, I'm Alice Cavendish calling from the Bronx. What's an IPA? Well, Alice, let me tell you. Tap talk with Dreamy Dan and Captain Cam. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. We got to be on one of those. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we could. There you go. Yeah, and we're more than happy to come back anytime you guys want. We can do anything. We can be creative. We can have fun with the show. That's like Brendan told you before we started. We're we're very easygoing podcast. We are anti prohibition is what we actually are. We're we're against prohibition and craft, craft brewing and and craft distillery. We're a big thing that got us through prohibition, and there's still a huge obviously part of our traditions today so absolutely well, well thanks for here. what you guys do we we obviously appreciate any any you know press it that craft beer and what we do 
Um, like I said earlier, you guys, you guys, you're our TV commercial. You're mm-hmm. our, our thing. And That's what we're doing. Um, I like to, you know, anytime you guys want to come back, we, we do. This is fun. It gives yeah. me a chance to get out and I spend a lot. Of, I, I wear a lot of hats and, and, and spend a lot of time doing a lot of different things here. And uh, anytime you, as you can see, anytime you can get me talking about about beer. When, when I ask if you're here, that says Cam here yet. I said, Well, he's here, but he's not doing anything. <laughs> he's wearing flip flops today. Well, they get they 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 get they get a little nervous because sometimes I'm here but I'm not here. If that makes sense. So yeah, I was back in the office waiting this, mm-hmm. but sometimes they don't know exactly what to. What do you say? I think he's leaving. I go, you better not. He's doing a show with us, and so he didn't. Yeah, he had no idea. Right on. I won't say which one it was till after we get off the air. That's all right. <laughs> so we're off off the Are air. Are we now? off the air now? No, we, okay. So Thank guys. Make, Thank you guys for coming out. Cameron now or oh. No, they're doing their thing. Let them do their thing. Thanks for coming out, guys. Pleasure hey, being thank here. You yeah, much, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks Cheers. for the great beer. There's a place called a gin mill way down in the slums. There's a place called a gin mill way down in the slums. My baby goes that night and stays till the morning comes. Oh, she drinks gin and whiskey and she drinks Dago Red. Oh, she drinks gin and whiskey, Lord, she drinks Dago Red. Then comes home to me, talking all out of her head. She's the kind of woman that make you want to cut her throat. She's the kind of woman that make you want to cut her throat. She's the kind of woman make you any man's go. But baby won't give me none I need loving But baby won't give me none Oh, that woman won't do nothing Long as them gin mills run That gin mill whiskey sure will wreck your life. <laughs> All that gin mill whiskey sure will wreck your life. <laughs> will run you crazy and make you want to kill your wife. <laughs> Did, did, did.
Lord, this hard liquor sure is telling on me. Lord, this hard liquor sure is telling on me. It's got me going, but I just can't let it be. 